three, two, one. What's going on all? Welcome to another episode of the Phenomenal Podcast. It is currently Monday, the 26th of February, 2018. It is 6.22 p.m. Bit of a later start today. Um, had uni all day, so left at 8.45, got home at 4-ish. Um, so I'm just going to bring you guys a rugby roundup from the weekend. It was a pretty huge rugby weekend, um, so I'm looking forward to getting into that. Uh, big day at uni, had two classes, which is going to be a regular for me on Monday now, so probably be a better idea for me to record on the Sunday and start uploading on Monday, but um, just didn't get round to it yesterday. Had kicking and weights, so um, had two training sessions and couldn't really get into it. Regardless, um, it was the main beginning of the Super Rugby competition, uh, and we also had the Six Nations on, I think round three it was. So we'll get into it now. Um, the first match of the weekend was the Highlanders uh, beat the Blues 41 points to 24. Uh, I'm going to go through who I think were the best players um, for each team from the way I viewed it and the statistics as well. Um, so straight up, I think this was an awesome game. 41 points to 24, plenty, point, plenty of points scored. Um, I really... Very entertaining game. You know, the, the lead kept on switching. Realistically, is has there ever been a bad New Zealand Super Rugby game? Um, when they play each other, they're the best games in the comp. They truly are. Uh, for me, my Highlanders player of the match was Rob Thompson, number 13. Uh, relatively new name. He scored two tries, three line breaks, three tackle busts, and three offloads. Uh, and my best player for the Blues uh, was Bryn Gatland, the number 10. He had one try, two line breaks, three tackle busts, and 19 total points. Uh, we, so a massive influence on the game. Look, I really, really enjoyed this game. I think it was um, I think it was entertaining. I think the Highlanders, I predicted that. I predicted the Highlanders would beat the Blues. Uh, it's great to see the Blues sort of playing entertaining rugby, but realistically, the Highlanders were just a, a cut above, just better players, more execution. It looked fast. It was a very fast game. I remember watching the first, you know, 20 minutes or so and thinking that the pace was just ridiculous. You know, Aaron Smith was bouncing around with a top knot, uh, flying around the pitch, you know, ripping across passes that, you know, really no one should be able to do. And he's a great player. And I think it was just a really good game. Lima Sopawanga had another reliable game from the um, from the kicking tee. Really, really enjoyed that game. Would definitely watch it again if it was on again. Uh, and the second match of the night on Friday night was the Rebels uh, defeated the Reds 45 points to 19. Now, really, the Reds, pretty much exactly what I predicted. Um, they lacked in areas. They were very ill-disciplined. You know, their captain, Scott Higginbotham, after I gave him such a big rap last week, Got a red card in the first 10 minutes. He's going to miss the next three weeks of Super Rugby. I read that today. Um, so probably Samu Karevi is going to be the new captain. They also had a player, Sinbind. Look, um, you can't really win games with 13 players on the pitch. Don't I know that? So they just need to really sort out their discipline. Um, I think their best player was Duncan Payer-Auer. Uh, apologies if I've mispronounced that. He's the number 12 uh, he had one try, five runs for 85 meters, two line breaks, and three tackle busts. So a great game from him in the losing effort. Just like I predicted, uh, my best player for the Rebels was Dane Hale-Petty, the fullback. He had two tries, 147 run meters, and five tackle busts, which are pretty outstanding stats. 
I think he's going to be one of the best players this year. And from what we saw on um, Saturday night in the Waratahs game, they're willing to move in the Waratahs. They're willing to move Israel Folau to fullback. I mean, sorry, from fullback to wing. So I don't know why they wouldn't just do that for the Wallabies because I think Dane Hale at Paddy has a better kicking game. Look, I just think Israel Folau, if they want to utilize the cross kick, just play him on the wing and you can do it more frequently. He's six foot five. He's an absolute freak. So just play him on the wing. Um, but you know, look, once when you lose a player in the first ten minutes for the rest of the game. It's going to be a very, very uphill battle. And when you lose another one and you're playing with 13, you're pretty much guaranteed to lose. There's a two-man overlap every time. So uh, as I predicted, the Rebels went up. In the third game of the weekend, this was played on Saturday afternoon here in Australia, we had the Brumbies defeated the Sunwolves by 32 points to 25. Really, the Sunwolves played a lot better than I thought they would. Um, They were very, you know, they were up at halftime. So I think they were, you know, very tight in the forwards. I enjoyed that. Uh, they have really exciting backs, a few foreigner backs. And I look, I think they're going to go a lot better than I actually predicted this year. Um, I think they have a very strong chance of beating the Reds if the Reds continue to play like they did. Uh, I think the Sunwolves really, really improved. Really happy with them. Uh, so my best player for the Sunwolves was Hosea Salmaki. He was number 11. Listen to these stats. Uh, He had two tries, 14 runs for 159 meters, three line breaks, and six tackle busts. So I would argue that he's probably the man of the match. Really crazy statistics. He's a big dude for a winger too. I think he's probably up around 100 kilos. Uh, He looked really strong, very explosive, and I think he was a very good player. Um, My best player for the Brumbies was... uh, Izzy Nasirani. He was the number eight. Uh, 19 runs for 116 meters, one line break, two tackle busts, and one offload. Really, um, he's got my best player because of the 19 runs for 116 meters. That, that's a workhorse effort around the pitch um, for a number eight. Uh, I think he's a, he's a great player. He's absolutely massive. I think he's come over from the force this season uh, and really, you know, sort of, I think he's pledged allegiance to Australia. I don't know why you would, um, but I guess the money's better here than it is in Fiji, where he's from. So, look, I think a lot of people thought that it'd be, you know, the Brumbies would convincingly beat the Sunwolves. But, you know, 32 points to 25, it was a very close game uh, and a pretty good game as well. Uh, then we moved on to the 5.30 game from New Zealand. It was the Crusaders beat the Chiefs 45 points to 23. No real surprises. Once again, I predicted this. I'm four from four right now. Um, My best player for the Crusaders was Matt Todd, the number seven. Uh, He had one try, seven runs for 19 meters, one line break. And then the reason why he got it was why he got my best player of the week was four tackle busts and three offloads. Uh, Just showing how dynamic New Zealand forwards really are. I think he's been ridiculously unlucky. I think he'd be the starting seven at in any country other than New Zealand. Um, but, you know, he played in the... He's about 30 now. He's played in the Richie McCaw era and now the Sam Kane era. Really unlucky. He play, He could play for any other country in the whole world and he would be the starting seven. He's that good. Uh, for the Chiefs, I had two main players who stood out. I had Damian McKenzie, who was the number 10. To be honest, I think he's a better fullback than a 10. I think just let him roam around, bounce up when he wants... Um, he's more elusive at fullback and he has more space to move. 
uh, but he had eight runs for 59 meters, two line breaks, nine tackle busts, and 13 points from the kicking tee. And Sam Kane was the tr- captain and number seven. He had one try, 12 runs for 74 meters, five tackle busts, and two offloads. So really great stats from those two. I think, look, realistically, the Chiefs are a great side and they can beat anyone, but the Crusaders are defending champions. So um, it's always going to be a really tough game there, especially in Christchurch. But um, the the New Zealand derby games, I think, are the best games in the comp. Uh, I think, realistically, no one is get. I don't think any foreign team is going to beat a New Zealand team in New Zealand this year, uh, which is why I predicted the Hurricanes and the Crusaders to be the final, but we'll get to the Hurricanes soon because they broke my heart. Uh, in the Saturday night game, we had the Waratahs uh, versus the Stormers. Waratahs won 34 points to 27. Pretty good game. I watched it. Um, there were time. It was a deadlock, 27 all until the very last minute uh, when Nen ha- Ned Hannigan scored in the corner. You know, so it's it's nice to see the Waratahs are playing for, for 80 minutes. Uh, I think the Waratahs forwards went backwards a fair bit. Um, their scrum definitely suffered. You know, they gave away a few penalties. Uh, I think the Stormers don't really have the star power they normally do. Uh, I think their best player was SP Marais, their fullback. He had a crazy game. I, I was watching him uh, very closely because he's an excellent goal kicker, kicked five from five and scored 17 points total. Uh, he had one try, 13 runs for 67 metres, one line break, four tackle busts, and five offloads. So a really complete performance from him. And he's an extremely accurate goal kicker. Like we're talking kicking from the sideline, like 30 meters out and going over the black dot. So very, very accurate goal kicker. Uh, My two best players for the Waratahs on stats uh, were the number two, Damian Fitzpatrick. He had one try, eight runs for 29 meters, uh, one line break, one tackle bust and one offload. Very accurate line out throwing, good at scrum time. Uh, I think you know he's a good player and he's going to be very consistent for them all year. I truly do not see anyone knocking him off at number two this year, which is interesting because remember about I, I read the other day about sixteen months ago Tolu Latu was the starting Wallabies hooker and now he can't even make the twenty three for the Waratahs. So we'll see what happens there. I can definitely see him, you know, if, if he's playing a season in the Shoot Shield, I can see him leaving and going to, you know, leaving for Europe make the money while you can, especially if you're not going to be starting. Uh, and I also had Bernard Foley uh, for eight runs for 70 meters, one line break, two tackle busts, and 14 points from the tee for a perfect six from six. So the goal kickers together kicked 11 from 11. It was a good night to be a goal kicking fan. Um, it's nice for the Waratahs to get the win. They're off to South Africa this week um, for a rough couple of games. It'll be interesting to see how they go there. They really needed that win to start off the season because potentially they could go none from three here. Um, but my next game was the Lions defeated the Jaguares. God, it, that's such a pain in the ass to say. Uh, 47 points to 27. Um, my best player for the Lions was Afiwe Diante. Dianti, I think. Sorry, it's an African name. Very difficult. Uh, the number 11, the left winger. Crazy stats here. Probably the best, some of the best stats I have ever seen. <laughs> Two tries, 13 runs for 191 running meters, 
four line breaks and 10 tackle busts. Absolute freakish numbers. Um, he actually quit rugby a few years ago because he was he played third 15 at school and um and didn't you know just his coaches didn't rate him so he stopped playing was just playing social rugby and then worked his way back up and he's 23 now and pulling out stats like that so look it's great to see that i think um the lions are such a good team they truly are they've had such good seasons the last couple of years um and i'm really i think they're the best south african team now which is crazy because you know, if you can think back to the dominance of the Bulls and the Stormers and even the Sharks at times over the last 10 years or so, it's crazy that the Lions are demolishing them all at the minute. Uh, my best player for the Jaguars was Thomas Lozana, the number seven. Uh, he had t- 12 runs for 82 meters, one tackle bust and one offload. It was pretty rough finding a best player for them. All of them had somewhat average stats. One of their winger had uh, wingers had really good running meters, um, but you know that's a workhorse effort. Eighty-two running meters as a number seven in a losing effort is a very very good um, good result. And then we had the resident upset of the week because someone had to fuck my tipping, um, so I went six from seven this week. What we have was the Bulls beat the Hurricanes twenty-one points to nineteen. Really, I did not expect this whatsoever. Um, I don't think anyone thought the Bulls would beat the Hurricanes. My biggest question is, look, I think E. Higher West is an incredible player. I've always rated him. Ever since I saw him score um, and then convert his own try for Hawks Bay to win the Ranfurly Shield a few years ago, I've always said he's a freakish player. But I have absolutely no idea why you would start the best player in the world in Bowden Barrett on the bench. If, if you want to rest him, just give him the week off. Give someone else the opportunity to come off the bench. I don't understand why Bowden Barrett would sit on the bench and not start. That being said, uh, my best player for the Hurricanes was the number 12, Nani... Yeah, Nani Lamape. Uh, he had seven runs for 65 meters, one line break, six tackle busts, and two offloads. Jesus Christ, he is the nuggetiest center I have ever seen. He's about 5'9 and 105 kilos. That's huge. It genuinely is. I'm about 105 kilos and I'm six foot. Um, so imagine how stocky, and he's leaner than me too. So imagine how stocky he is at 5'9. Um, he's a really good player. He's really developed over the last couple of years. Came over from league a few years ago. And I think he really hasn't um, hasn't looked back. And then look, what an effort from the Bulls. I think how uh, really, really good to see i got to say, the amount of people at that ground was not great. I was looking at, you know, looking at the crowd, how many people were there, and God, it was depressing how empty that stadium was. I mean, that seems to be a problem in South Africa at the minute. The Lions are the only guys who can pack out a stadium, but uh, my best players for the Bulls were the number five, Lute Diaga. Uh, he had one try, 10 runs for 76 meters and three tackle busts. Great stats for a, a second rower. I think he's a, a great second rower. Uh, and my other best player was Jesse Creel. Really, no surprises. Jesse Creel, the number 13, uh, he's a freak. He genuinely is. He's a really young guy, so skilled, um, had a try assist with a great flick pass for the uh, for the Bulls' first try. He had eight runs uh, for 73 meters, two line breaks, two tackle busts, and two offloads. So that's the roundup for um, Super Rugby Week 2. 
Uh, I won't go over week one because, as I said, there was only two games and not many people would know the players, etc. Um, but that's week two. I went six from seven in my tipping. Um, so I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, I think... I'm not too sure what's coming up. I'll probably do a preview of it. Um, but I think everything went to plan. It's good to see the Bulls get a win. The Hurricanes really let me down there. But, you know, we, I won't hold hard feelings against them. Uh, but I think, you know, they definitely have potential this year. I think they're going to win the comp. They're more the Crusaders. Uh, the Hurricanes have the talent. They've made some great signings. Ehi West is a good signing. He truly is. And when Bowden Barrett comes back to start at 10, uh, Ehi West is going to really make some good impact off the bench. Uh, and then we also had three matches in the Six Nations. So a big, um, big, big upset. Scotland, uh, 25, defeated England, 13, which was genuinely a huge upset. Um, England, that's probably their second loss in a couple of years. I think it's insane. Really, it is. Um, it's great to see Scotland coming back. Jesus, who knows? I could be pulling on that jersey one day. I'm qualified. I'm born there. Um, so I think always a tough match, Scotland and England. It's normally a bit of a grinder of a match, um, but not this one. Plenty of points scored. My best player for Scotland was the number 13, Hugh Jones. Uh, he had two runs for 115 meters and also 13 tackles. Uh, so a really well-rounded match there. Uh, my best player for England was Maro Atoje, the number five, uh, 21 meters for uh, seven carries for 21 meters. Um, and he also had 12 tackles. So a very well-rounded performance from him as well. 12 tackles is nothing to, you know, nothing to scoff at. Uh, and for Hugh Jones, I, I don't know if I said it, but he had two tries for 115 meters. I'm not sure how many runs he actually had. I think it was only about four runs, um, but he, you know, clocked up some meters there. Uh, and then my match of the week was Ireland defeating Wales, 37 points to 27. Really happy as an Irish fan. I think we're going to go all the way this year. We do have two hard games in Scotland and England in the next couple of weeks. Um, but look, we can do it. I think uh, it was surprising to see Johnny Sexton miss his first three kicks at goal. Uh, but it's that, that's all right. Look, as a kicker, I can see whenever whenever someone has a bad day, everyone you know hops on them, everyone jumps on them. Look, Johnny Sexton kicked a drop goal from 45 meters out a couple of weeks ago, a few minutes after the siren had gone to win the fucking game against France. So, look, he can't be too hard on him. He missed three kicks. Anyone can miss three kicks. This is the other thing that people don't understand about kicking. Pardon me. They don't understand about kicking is like, oh, well, you know, if there's a kick from the sideline, someone will say, oh, well, I kick that at training any day. Well, yeah, but can you kick it nine times out of 10 under pressure while replicating the same technique? That's the other thing. Like, people just don't understand it. What training does not carry over to games whatsoever. Look, I get, I know so many people who are absolute superstars in training, but when the lights are on and the crowd's behind them and there's someone yelling in your ear from five meters away, it's a completely different ball game. And, you know, I've experienced that. And the only way to get better at kicking in games is through reps and anyone can have an, have an off day. And Johnny did, but don't be too hard on him. He had a great game. Otherwise, a great game in hand, lots of running meters. Uh, but my best player was Jacob Stockdale, the number 11. He had two tries and 10 runs for 83 meters. Uh, he scored eight tries in his first seven games. Absolute freak. I think he's about 6'3". Um, the modern, the true modern winger. And it's really good to see. 
um, him as a finisher. It's really good to see the wingers, you know, finishing well. Uh, my best player for Wales in a losing effort was Aaron Shingler, the blindside flanker number six. He had six runs for 21 meters, um, but what really stood out for me was the defensive effort, 22 tackles, a really, really solid performance from him. Um, I think it's great to see, you know, great to see solid defensive performances. And um, the last game for me was, or last game, of the, not just for me, for everyone, was France defeated Italy, 34 points to 17. Uh, my best two play, my best player here for France was Matteo Bastereau, uh, number 13, 16 runs for 34 meters, four tackles and seven defenders beaten, um, which is which are crazy stats. He's a massive guy. Um, I don't normally rate him, but look, his stats were too um, too good to ignore. For Italy, um, they are as always having a pretty rough season. I'd like to see see them get a win. Um, I just don't know who they're going to get the win against. Normally it is France if they're having an off-season, uh, but my best player for Italy was the hooker, number two, Leonardo Geraldini. He had eight runs for 18 metres uh, and 20 tackles. I'm always really impressed by you know high-tackling performances uh, from these guys. So look, that's so, sort of the weekend of review. I think um, I got all the stats, just so I, before anyone asks, I got all the stats from uh, foxsports.com.au. You know, I'm not affiliated with them or anything. Not that I have to tell you guys because I'm definitely, definitely wouldn't be. Um, but I just think they provide some really good stats. I looked through the stats. I sort of picked out. Um, it just helped me sort of rejog my memory. Uh, one of the crazy rumors of the weekend was Sonny Bill Williams uh, was apparently going to be heading back to the Roosters. He's completely squashed those rumors today, saying he wants to stay in New Zealand until the end of the 2019 World Cup, which is great to see. I'm a big fan of Sonny Bill. He seems like a really good guy. Um, and it's great to see he'll be staying in rugby. So uh, that's 22 minutes, pretty 22 pretty jam-packed minutes. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I've enjoyed doing it. And I'll catch... This is going to go up on the Tuesday. I might put one up on Wednesday, uh, but there definitely will be one up on Thursday. Um, so... That's all for today. Uh, I don't. I want to see if you guys liked the rugby episodes uh, or enjoy the rugby episodes because they seem to be getting a pretty good um, response from you guys. So I just want to thank you all for that. Thanks for listening today, and I'll catch you guys in the next one.